0: You can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com/goals24. That's chime.com/goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. It's good to be back, folks. I missed you guys. I was in Texas, but I'm back and uh, ready to go. So on the show today, earnings season is upon us. Uh, Netflix, obviously, after the bell yesterday, Morgan Stanley this morning, IBM yesterday, Alcoa yesterday, Honeywell. So we'll get to as many of those as we can during the course of our show. We're also going to discuss this crazy after-hours move in Kronos. I still haven't seen a reason for the move, but what a spike uh, that I had after-hours yesterday. So we'll talk about the Kronos and the move in the pod stocks in general. And our guest today, Mark Chakin founder of Chakin Analytics. He will join us at 815 In the meantime, Joel, what's going on here overnight? Oh, and and this Brexit deal. Talk about Brexit. The
2: Webull and the POT conference.
1: And Webull. I forgot. See, I'm off my game. First day back. But Joel, keep me on my toes here. Uh, Today's show is sponsored by Webull and the We Trader Competition, Joint Traders around the world in a paper trading competition that resets every Monday, October 7th through November 9th weekly prizes of $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards and a grand prize to the best overall trader of either a brand new Tesla Model 3 or a $40,000 towards your student loans. Plus, we will donate a portion of the total returns to the Shriners Hospital for Children to learn more download the Weeble app. Also, the next Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference is next week in Chicago. I'll drop in this link in our chats. And for those of you looking to invest uh, in cannabis, hear directly from the companies, investor presentations, network in the industry, this is the conference for you. There is the link to the Cannabis Capital Conference in Chicago next week. And now Joel, what's happening here in the overnight
2: session? Uh, some nice green here, up nine seventy-five at three double oh one point two five. Bottom right above yesterday's low, eighty-five and a quarter. That's a good not good number on the downside. Uh, we have the pre-market high at oh six seventy-five. I got nothing there, folks. I got a double close area at 07, but really looking for twelve and a quarter here on the upside. Crude in the red by 26 cents at 53.10. Gold down a buck eighty at 1492.20. Silver going the opposite direction, up 9.3 cents at 1752. Bitcoin clinging to 8,000 up $130 at $8,080. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D will really be able to participate today, unfortunately, because he was on the road last night. Triple D. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. Um, I'm on, I'm remote here this morning though, so that's why the background looks like a hotel room. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit remote here. Uh, just had uh, my uh, uh, or my wife's grandma passed away there, so the funeral's today. So we're going to that. So that's why I'm remote here today. But I will be. Uh, I'm going to stick on the show with you. I've got to leave a little bit early to get ready for the funeral, which is this morning. But I'm going to stick with you guys for the first 45 minutes here. So you got me for 45 minutes. Let's go. All right. I guess we'll start with Netflix. Let's do it. Let's this, do the big gun.
1: The, the, the big gun yesterday. So, uh, earnings after the close yesterday. Big beat on the EPS. A buck forty-seven versus a dollar and four cent estimate. Sales missed uh, by a hair. Five point two four versus a five point two five billion dollar estimate. So, but a big beat on that EPS number for the third quarter. Uh, they added six point eight million uh subscribers in the last quarter uh, versus a uh, seven million subscriber or net ad forecast and six point one million a year ago. So grow continuing to grow on a year. Like a year a basis. Well, no. It, well it, i mean the estimates I think we're a little out of whack here. So it, okay. still still growing, six point eight million net ads last quarter six point one a year ago uh u.s streaming sales uh the this is their guidance q4 u.s streaming sales at 2.44 uh 2.45 billion dollars and international is 2.91 billion dollars they see that they'll add 600,000 u.s subscribers in q4 q4 guidance all as a whole was pretty good it it was a good report all around why macquarie
3: downgraded then Ask McQuarrie. I, Ask McQuarrie. I haven't <laughs> seen the note. Uh, so <laughs> down. We had two analysts uh, piping up here on Netflix. One was Wells Fargo. Well, actually, they raised their price target. So I guess it's more than two analysts. It was a couple analysts. Three. McQuarrie downgrades it to neutral. Did they do anything with the price target? No, mm-hmm. I don't think they did. No. They also, had Namira raise their price target from three ten to three thirty. They maintained their neutral here. Um, yeah. You know what I think about it? I mean, it's getting a good pop here. I think those growth, you know, those subscriber numbers aren't great. I mean, the bottom line, maybe people are plotting that this company is making some money. If you start looking, you know, a buck for you, if they could start making two bucks a quarter and make eight bucks a year. You know, the thing starts getting down to a reasonable multiple 35, 40 times. Maybe, you know, value investors at a certain point in time get interested, but I do believe the growth is slowing and I still think, um, long term i'm still you know it's a nice quarter and you know yeah i've still i've said you know one year i think it could be under 200 dollars obviously that's going the other way here today i I'm have no position on it Super i don't want to short it but i don't have the guts <laughs> okay
2: that's where uh, i'm at
3: i kind of want to short it but i don't have the guts to try to short a rocket ship and this is the market that we're in um just to put it in perspective this you know go back to this market for a second I bought more SPY in my long-term portfolio yesterday. I haven't added SPY to my long-term portfolio in years. So I'm just like, I just think this market's, after the conversation that we had with Tom uh, yesterday and looking at this long-term market, I think we're going to break out. So I don't want to be short anything right now just because the market is so strong, but I'm not buying Netflix. We'll put it that way.
2: It's super interesting. Chart this is might be one of the best pre market charts we've Ooh, I like this. Why? Oh, well, you hit 318.79, you got a high at 319 and change. Of course, 320 is a big number, but look at this quiet consolidation here. I mean, it's holding in
3: there, you mean right? Like after hours,
2: yeah, yeah, pre market. And I just, uh, and I mean, I know it's a pretty big range, 38 yeah. to 310. But I think this thing bust above 310, then you look out, Loretta. You might be going up to 320. But to me, also, if this doesn't hold, that like let's call it 307 and change, I could get back a lot of the bit, a lot of these gains here. It's just a quiet consolidation, bulls and bears squaring off, and you know it's not going to stay right here during the day. So that's what I'm looking. I think longer term, if it if it does get up to 320, I'm a little bit longer term bearish here. I'd like to use that 320 area as a potential short area, but man, oh man, it just better hold because we know $305 yeah. stock or whatever. Someone that comes in to sell a piece here, I mean, it has traded some good volume, but I don't know, not, definitely, definitely, definitely not buying this up 20 i am not
3: buying it. I'm too scared to short it just because the overall market is so strong and everything is, seems to be ripping right now. I mean, sometimes you think that's fade trade, and I've been saying the fade trade for a while, but I got my bull cap on. If I had a hat on, it would say bull. And it would say, I think we're going to new highs in the markets. So I don't really want any long-term or swing trade shorts on right now. But I'll tell you, um, this is a very important day for Netflix. If this starts to leak and gets oh. under 300, it's, oh. I think if it starts leaking, goes under 300, I think it's going to be back to 286. So this is the day. This, this yeah. hold, like great hold, like you're saying, it needs to hold 300. It can test 300. That's allowed. It cannot start breaching 300 and start giving back the bulk of this gain because, yes, the report looks pretty good. We need the bulls to come in here and take charge today. If they don't, if they starts to leak, that's telling me that the story is indeed broken. So this is the day. Maybe they can hold up. Maybe it goes to 310, 320. Maybe it just keeps ripping. But this is a very important day for it. So if you are bullish, you do not want to see this trading back under 300.
2: And uh, there's a lot of probably shorter term traders that aren't stuck above, you know, 360 from the last report. I mean, we were down at two fifty, 228. I'm very
3: like nervous about yeah. this. I, I, I'm, I'm very nervous about this from a long perspective. Obviously, I've talked bearish on Netflix for a while, so we know what my perspective still is on it. But even looking at that after hours chart that you're talking about, Joel, yeah. I see what you're talking about. And you're in a consolidation station. And, you know, we have came 10 points off the highs. So you back a third of the gains, that's okay. As long as it holds 300, I'm going to say bulls, you're okay. Below 300 today, and we got problems. My opinion. Okay,
2: let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, we only got Dennis here for well. We got shaking coming up. We got shaking.
3: coming on. We got me. We got me from the majority of the show. So obviously, the other one, which I got right, I guess yesterday, saying I would not. I don't, yes, I don't you know, did. I, yes, um, you I'm did. Wrong on Netflix. Right on IBM as paper trading on the show. If you say that, I didn't take positions in any of these, but. IBM leaking here significantly disappointing numbers. Spencer Israel, how do they do? Uh, EPS beat by a
1: penny, two dollars sixty eight cents versus two sixty seven. Sales missed eighteen point oh three versus eighteen point two two billion dollars. They reaffirmed their full year guidance. The adjusted EPS of uh, uh, at least twelve dollars and eighty cents, which missed by a penny. Free cash flow around twelve billion dollars. So nothing really great in the headline. The the guidance was reaffirmed. And the sales was, was light.
3: I mean, the growth is just not here. And so the growth investors are, are not interested in IBM at all. And we know that. The value investors are. And, you know, I've had it a couple times with value investor. I mean, the thing trades with a P, you know, of like 11, and it's got a 4.8% dividend. So you always have those guys underneath. So I think as you get down to the lower 130s here, I think you'll find buyers. So, you know, it's a big move for IBM overnight, down eight bucks. Um, I think it could test those lows of 130. I almost feel like you know maybe it bounces there the first time. Maybe you get a tradable bounce down there, those August lows, just because the dividend as it approaches five percent, people start you know licking their chops and saying. I think IBM is pretty safe, that dividend. I mean, they make a ton of money still. So I think the dividend is no question and safe. It's just, it's not a growth story. So like I was saying, I don't want this in my long-term portfolio just because it's not growing. I mean, yeah, it's going to pay you 4 or 5%, but if you really just want a 4 or 5% dividend, you can go buy a preferred stock on a solid company and you can get a 6% dividend. There's a ton of them out there. So we've talked about those in the past too. Most of your banks trade with preferred dividends of five and a half percent. So if you're just coming in here for a five percent dividend, there's safer plays to get a five percent dividend. But I do believe that you will find buyers down near one hundred and thirty for the simple reason that, that dividend yield's getting high.
2: Uh, just just real quick, yeah. Just just going to Netflix. I just figured I'd look at the three hundred calls and guess guess where they went off the board?
3: Where? Dennis.
2: Guess where they went off the board?
3: Oh, and, I bet they uh, were. Where, where they
2: went off yesterday. 300
3: calls were probably 10 bucks.
2: 10 and a quarter.
3: <laughs>
0: it's,
3: a, <laughs> it's hard to make money buying options. So here, I'm going to say it again because people do this. I throw a lot of money away buying options. Here you are. You get the direction correct. You get an 8% move in your direction. You're still not making money. You're breaking even on that. You're losing. It's selling options, buying options. Nick Shaheen, this is a shout-out to you because we know you sell the puts all over the place. I mean, this is just proof, again, once again, that option buyers typically lose money. Uh,
2: I'm just not going to spend a lot of time here on the IBM. Multiple lows, 128.83 to 130.31. One,
3: two, three, four lows in a row. Same
2: area. Good enough on a daily, good enough for me. I, I think buyers step in ahead of it.
3: That's my I think so uh, too. I think you get down here right. at 130, I think you're going to find some buyers just because that dividend going to approach 5% and people, the value investors, are on this. So, unlike Netflix, which value investors are still not interested in, and we know the growth is slowing a little bit, which is why the stock was under, you know, if the growth starts to come back, Netflix will start to pick up again too. But IBM is a value story. And there's value investors here that say five percent dividend. I want to own it. I'll add it to my portfolio. So mm-hmm. I'd almost be a buyer that dipped down at one thirty on IBM.
2: Should we wait to discuss um, the tweet from Samir when Mark uh, comes on, or do yeah, you well know, he's
3: coming to- on in a minute, so we can do right. that. So okay, let's quickly cover Morgan Stanley and then we'll
1: get Mark. Yeah, we'll do that. So Morgan Stanley reporting this morning at seven thirty a.m eastern time q3 eps a buck 27 versus buck 11. sales also beat at 10.03 versus 9.6 billion dollars still beat in a beat for
3: morgan stanley and that is uh good news for morgan stanley shareholders here this morning because straight up 3.7 percent in the pre-market i mean we have just been ripping on all the bank stocks really a lot of them making new highs yeah i know bank america leaked a little bit of it yesterday there as it approached that 31 area. But Morgan Stanley was strong again yesterday. This has been on a five or six day tear here. We've got a lot of good bank earnings and they haven't really faded them. So, and you know, maybe it's the environment. The TLT has been a little bit weaker. Um, that's helped them as well the last four or five days. But overall, the bank earnings have been strong. Morgan Stanley strong again, up 44 and a half. You're getting up you know, like 45 though. You keep it coming in here now. I know. Now it's up 10% a week. This thing is moving 10% all year typically. So you, you're <laughs> buying somebody else's profits. That's why I can't come in here and buy it now. On a pullback, yes. But when it's up 44.5 here, as it's approaching that 45 resistance, I can't come in here and buy because I'm chasing. I don't make money usually when I'm chasing stocks.
2: Uh, 45, pre-market high, 44.85. You got a daily high at 45.05. And then you're looking at that. I'm, to me, if I had, was long a good piece of this thing, I would hope for it to get 45 bid, get up into up to that 45 and a half, and I would start unloading big time. But I'm not long, not buying it here. But that just that area. This is
1: a big move for Morgan Stanley as well. That's All right, let's grab Mark Chakin In day 15, he is the founder of Chacon Analytics. Joins us every other Thursday to break down the market. Mark, good morning.
4: Good morning. Vietnam.
1: <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam.
4: Yeah. Um Great Morgan move. Stanley, just heard you. Taking money flow is negative. The stock is overbought. I'd be a seller here on the overbought. You agree
3: with us? I
4: usually agree with yeah, you. We usually do, and actually.
3: We usually get along pretty well here, me and Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Mark, I yeah, I, I agree. Morgan Stanley, I think you're up near 45. I think you find sellers as well. Let's go back to Netflix. What do you think of the Netflix report? It's trading up $22, and what are your indicators showing on NFLX?
4: Yeah, it doesn't matter what I think of the report, because the market obviously likes it now, whether that's short covering. Uh, There's one aspect of the report that puzzles me, which is the growth in domestic accounts was way below estimates. Yeah. Uh, uh, Power gauge is bearish. It'll stay bearish as long as the stock is below 315
3: that's a good number. I mean, I agree with that too because I was saying today it's a very important day for Netflix. It needs to hold 300. It can't start leaking these gains, which it has already. So it was trading up at 318 and it's leaked 10 points already. So I've just been saying, I want to see it. If you're a bull on Netflix, and I'm not, I'm in the bear camp, but if you're a bull, you want to see this stay above 300. You want to see those gains hold because if it starts to leak back the majority of these gains, then it's telling me that, you know, there's something else going on here because the bottom line numbers were good. Just those subscriber numbers scare me a little bit.
4: Well, they've got some new um, series that I'm hooked on. Again, uh, Peaky Blinders has a new series uh, starting. Binged on that. The content has always been good. And yeah. We, you know The question is, now with competition, uh, we've been doing a series of webinars on the streaming wars. Um, I'm not sure people want to hear who the winners and losers are, but we're telling them
3: anyway. Who who else do you think is the winners here from the streaming war? So um, you know, well, like people think, think Roku, but the valuation on that scares me too. What are your thoughts here on the
4: streaming? I war? think the big winner is Akamai, which we've loved for a long time because you know they have a bullish rating, outperforming the market, terrific money flow, and they provide the streaming technology. You know, the, to, to be able to. Rapidly deploy streaming, not just in the uh, content, you know, video content area, but all across the internet for businesses. So that's a sort of the dark horse winner. Comcast is going to be a winner in my view, but streaming is not that big for them. Uh, to the extent that they can create a viable streaming product and not lose too many of the cord cutters, the, the big question that people are asking about Netflix. Is, is Netflix a must to have or are people going to start peeling off to some of the newer services like Apple and no. Peacock uh, from uh, Comcast and the Disney? Oh. And that's yet to be determined. We're quarters okay. away from knowing that because these products aren't out yet.
3: I mean, I have the two young kids, and 90% of the time, my Netflix is going to be on some kids' shows, and a lot of times it's a Disney show. So I'm not sure what happens when Disney eventually does pull all their content off Netflix. There's still some Disney content on there. But I'll tell you, I will probably go and subscribe to the Disney feed just for my kids because they. Anytime I put something Disney on, the movies are – and they're fun for the adults to watch too. I mean, the movies and stuff they make, they're actually good. The, the, The content that Disney produces is second to none. Netflix produces some great content but it is not on par with Disney, not from well, the movie's perspective. Um, well, that
4: speaks to another uh, longer-term yeah. concern I have about Apple, which is acting like a million bucks, but with a neutral rating. Uh, they Their initial streaming content or their initial content feels a lot like Disney Lite, and I don't see how they how can they possibly compete in this game if all they're going to do is family-oriented programming because disney knows how to do that uh They've i don't been think in apple is ever going to come up with that
3: cutting Disney's edge disney has been in this business for 50 years producing yeah. or maybe more than that producing you know awesome content and producing you know movies and oh, producing kids stuff that they want to watch i mean disney knows how to produce content this is a no-brainer for them to come out with a streaming service. And I think it's going to kick butt. That's why I am long Disney stock again, you know, valuation perspective, you know, maybe Disney's a little bit more inflated than, you know, it was before because we know it was about $110 when they announced this. So you're, you're buying it, you know, up a little bit from where it was before they announced all the streaming stuff. But I mean, I still think Disney is one of the best content producers out there, if not the best.
4: We're on the line.
3: Mark Chaykin of Chaykin
2: analytics joins the show every couple of weeks. Mark, we had John a couple weeks ago and you were leaning under the bear side. Has the price action that we've seen in the last couple weeks changed your overall feeling on the market?
4: Yeah, I think the caution back then was based on um, heading into October with some shaky, um, exogenous influences. They all seem to be breaking good as opposed to breaking bad, looks like we'll get Brexit, uh, although we don't know if Parliament's going to pass that today. Uh, There's been some progress, apparently, on the tariff uh, negotiations with China. So there's um, still resistance at 3,000. We've been long-term bullish. That was a Uh short-term caution call, uh, particularly relative to what volatility we normally experience in October. We still have to get through October. So far, earnings season has come through for the market. As you were discussing earlier, the financials uh, doing very well. By the way, the financials, as you pointed out, top of the trading range in almost every one of these yeah. big names like JPM, Bank America, and so forth. So uh, they still have to prove themselves. But I think, where's the pain trade? That's my mantra now for the last couple of weeks, right after we uh, talked, there was a bit, bit of a shift in our thinking. And the pain trade is long bonds, long uh, income surrogates like REITs and utilities. And what I mean by the pain trade is so much money has flowed into these areas and the hedge funds are underinvested in equities, technology, momentum and so forth that if the market magically picks up a bid here in earnings season, they could really go a lot higher because a lot of people are leaning the wrong way. And there's there's been some good, solid uh, reporting about how the Fed is going to stop the rate cut cycle here. So that that does help the money center banks. And in general, I think that's going to be good for the market.
1: Marco, what about Morgan Stanley here specifically this morning um, on the back of their earnings?
4: No, would sell it, as I said earlier, because right. it has negative money flow and you're up at the, uh, beyond the upper band uh, with um, you know, a reaction to news. I, I don't think I'd buy it. I would, I would take it off here if I owned it. Definitely. Mark, I want to change
3: it. the subject. There's an article coming out from the Vanity Fair here, yep. um, just we'll with my Twitter stream. And uh, it was tweeted uh, to, to uh, tweet at me and Joel there. Uh, Sven Henrich was the one who tweeted this out. It's the fantastically profitable mystery of the Trump chaos tweet- trades is the article. I did read the article this morning. And basically, they're saying there has been some big trades ahead of um, news coming out of China. Um, and they were citing like, I mean, huge trades, like one of the trades was half the volume of the S&P minis. So the article is speculating that billions are being made because somebody knows what is going on with China before the general public. Well, me and Joel have speculated for a while that that's possible that, that could be happening. I mean, it could be happening from either side. I mean, we know, you know, China over there maybe does some things differently than we do over here. And if you know, they know negotiations aren't going well or are going well, they very well could be making trades on this too. What are your thoughts here? Do you think there's people profiting from Trump's Twitter feed, or do you think there's profiting by knowing potentially what is going to be said before it is said?
4: I think that it's entirely possible that people are front-running these trades. You have the king of front-runners and insider traders, and Steve Mnuchin was one of the two chief negotiators, and there's leakage possible. Why do you call
2: him that? Why do you call him that?
4: Well, uh, he was involved with Sears, and you know, uh, some he's being sued for being on the board of the company that Sears dumped all their real estate into, uh, and then left the shareholders holding the bag. Uh, Steve Mnuchin does not have a track record that uh, I think speaks to integrity.
2: My only comment on this is that I mean, this could. To me, this could be easily investigated, right? Because you have the accounts where it's coming from. I, I mean, they're so. coming from some crazy offshore accounts. I mean, to me, someone could get to the bottom of this. I I mean, if I was head of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Leo Malaman? I bet you, he, I mean, you could you could find this information out. You could find the account. I don't know. It's a big risk. i tell you, you know, for Mnuchin or for Trump, you well, know. It might it could be China coming from the other
3: side too. It could be coming, like I was saying, not necessarily the leakage might not be coming from China. Minuchin, it could be coming from China as well. And you could Oh, also absolutely. And, and I'm not
4: accusing Steve Minuchin of insider trading or front running. What I'm saying is that uh, loose lips sink ships. Uh, these things are not uh, being negotiated in a vacuum. So who knows who talks to who, and yeah. you know that information can be sort of push down the line to people who are far enough removed that they think they're uh, bulletproof. But yeah. I, I think it could be coming out of uh, China.
3: I think so, too. I think the trades should be investigated as well. You know, and hopefully it's just coincidental. And I mean, everybody yeah. can always find something like you hear about this, you know, options, you know, um, you know, and, uh, so different options activity that happens. A lot of times I would say probably nine out of 10 or maybe even more, maybe nine out of 100 times. A lot of these are coincidental that people actually don't know something. You know, it could be hedging trades. It could be a lot of different things. You know, so I think you know in certain cases, though, it definitely should or regulators should take a deeper look just to make sure there's nothing nefarious going on.
4: Yeah, I mean, the question is: Is the market uh, being are, are market participants who listen to Benziga being impacted? I'm not sure that's the case. If you if you're a trend follower in your day trading or in your swing trading in the e-mini, this actually works to your favor. If you, if you, if, if your software is picking up a trend and I'm not advocating for insider trading or trading on inside information, but I don't think it necessarily disadvantages the public with that's always my concern. If someone wants to make money illegally and put their, uh, you know, their freedom at risk, that's one thing, but is the public being disadvantaged? And uh, just like with high frequency trading, I don't think the public is being disadvantaged. Um, I think if you're a trend follower and most um, E-mini traders are trend followers, in my experience, then actually this could work in your favor.
3: I mean, it's difficult, you know, and I I think, you know, from an insider trading perspective, I probably have a different opinion. I just think that in essence, you know, we kind of if somebody's making money and they're making a bet that they know information, and if somebody's selling it to them, that person obviously informed on insider information, they're going to be right. The person that's selling or on the outside end of the trade is almost always going to be wrong. So, um, you know, in, in in essence you can say, okay, well if it's bullish, the market's going up, so everybody makes money, but I mean, if you look, it's really a zero sum game trading overall when you consider opportunity costs too. So I, I agree. Operates,
4: I, I'm uh, I'm not advocating for insider No, trading. I know that, Mark. People should go to
3: jail for it. There's yeah, no question man, that's there. what I was going to say. Is I mean, it, and this, you know, this is nothing new.
4: Here,
3: the the laws which say that these people should go to jail and will go to jail. So I would hope that this would be investigated.
2: I mean, also uh, before 9-11, uh, there was some huge shorting going on in the S&P.
3: Oh, back to uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the terror. I mean, ago, and, so
2: Nothing new here.
3: Yeah, this stuff happens. And you hopefully, you hope that our regulators can crack down on it and do their best. So, okay, we only got a couple minutes left with Mark here. So I do want to get, you know, your overall your overall market thoughts. You sounded like you were starting to lean towards the bull camp here. I'm full on. If I Mark, if I had my ball cap on right now, I would say bull. So I think we're going to new highs here. Uh, but what is, you know, what would change your opinion here? Like, obviously, you know, and, and traders got to change their opinion. I was bearish for a while too. You've got to be willing to change your opinion what are the catalysts here that would change your opinion and make you you know either bearish or bullish going forward what are you well, looking to
4: in our in my weekly letter I've still been calling for 3100 3200 yeah it was just how we navigated through October yep. and we're not out of the woods in October yet but I, I think uh, 3100 3200 and on our user forum on Monday someone asked well what are you predicting for 2020 and I said well I don't predict but we could get to 3,500 in 2020 if um, things break well and not badly. I, I you know, there's a broad 200-point range here between uh, 2,800 and 3,000. And if we can close decisively above 30,30, uh, then you know, add that 200 points, and you've got a 3,200 target. You break twenty-eight which is a long way down from here. And then you're talking about 2,600 potentially. But those are the big intermediate numbers. The short term will take care of itself. Uh, and we do have to get through 30-30. And so far, earnings season hasn't gotten us there. And there's been enough, what I would call time bombs uh, that went off Workday was the one yesterday that really yeah. caught my attention. Some big cloud computing names like uh, Salesforce.com now has a bearish rating in our model triggered a relative strength sell signal last night.
3: That cloud was a mess.
0: I mean, Service you know, a lot now,
4: of... Twitter has a bearish rating in in our uh, model right now, the power gauge. So uh, there's there's good things going on under the surface in terms of group rotation, except in energy. So that's a big plus because group rotation is always strong around the highs. But I'm looking for that catalyst uh, that breaks us above 30 30. Um, and maybe it comes in November and not in October.
1: All right. Mark Chicken is the founder of Chicken Analytics, joins us every other week. Mark, as always, thanks for the time and have a good rest of the week. A pleasure. Thanks,
2: All right. Mark. A uh, little leak in the SPs, nothing major. Eight and a quarter, still up. 29.99.75. You know, Dennis, I- I'll go with you on this potential breakout here, but. I mean, don't don't fall in love with it. I mean, that the extra spy that you, I mean, if you get the move in two or three or four or five days. Well, I put
3: it. In, I'm in love with it. I put it in my retirement account. So okay. I had spies. I had it's time, you know who did it yesterday? It was our guest Tom? What was Tom's last name? I forget. The last name. I knew you were gonna do yeah. that. I
2: knew, I could see you just putting. I
3: have tonight. too much cash, and you know what? I was looking, and I sold my Cardinal Health into yesterday's pop and That's i took. Good the money, I put more money i put it in spy so i just think i want to be invested more and we've consolidated here for the last two years really and i am underweight and i want to get back more to a market waiting in my long-term portfolio i had raised cash which you know was a right call but i didn't get back to work in time some of it so i'm putting some of that back to work i'm not you know, if it pulls back, it pulls back. But I think I agree with, you know, Mark saying 3,500 potentially eventually here. Our guest yesterday was saying, you know, five years down the road, 7,500 maybe s and I mean, I want to be invested. And I think I just have too much cash and that's why I put more S&Ps to work. So this SPY went in my long-term portfolio, not a swing trade. I added more SPY to my retirement account. The last time I bought SPY in my retirement account.
2: Financial crisis.
3: Yeah, during the financial crisis. I bought the SPY. At $101, I think. I still have those. And I put a big chunk of money in it. And I'm glad I did because I've obviously tripled my money since then. It's up at 300 But, you know, sometimes, you know, you, let, you got stocks and, you know, I like to do the stocks. Like I said, I have 100 stocks. But sometimes you just think, you know what? I don't have you know, a specific stock that I really love here right now. I just love the overall market. I think it's going higher eventually here. I'm out of my spy. So I've added I, I've been doing I, I know you pick this, you pick that, you biotech, you move stuff. Around. I bounce around,
2: you yeah. I know. I'm just like, I, really I look saw. at it, I'm like, how, buy, how am I going to yeah. beat the market? How am I personally, by picking stocks, going to beat the market? It's
3: just impossible. It's hard to do. Nine out of 10 investment managers aren't going to beat the market. And it's why, why Kramer says, you know, he made some great points. I know it was the Kramer has been off for a couple of days, so he was, you know, they were running some reruns there. But, you know, I was watching the one mad money, and he was just talking about when you first start investing, buy ETFs. And when you get enough money, you know, that you have extra money or whatever, then you start playing around with the stocks. Well, I just look, and I was like, all the ETFs that I typically buy, I typically hold, like especially on the SPY or the Canadian ETFs, I've hold, held those forever. And some have been okay. I mean, some have not been okay. But for the most part, those have all been pretty good long-term investments. So I'm just looking. I'm um, like, I got a lot of stocks to play around with. But you know what? I just want more exposure to the overall market here. That's why I want buy.
2: Do we have any youngsters in the crowd here? I know we got a little bit older crowd. I mean, I just, yeah. You know, when I talk to young people about the markets, I'm like, you can invest for free now. You know, do you, do you have 50 extra bucks a month? If you, I don't care how old you are, how much money you, you're making starting out a job. Put fifty bucks in the market. You know, do it every month, uh, and then look at and it. Pick an
3: ETF if you don't have time to look at the stocks or yeah. listen to market prep where we're giving you stock picks. Pick an ETF. Just go like SPY or Q's or whatever you want to go, and, and you know. And obviously, Roberto's saying why not IVV from the YouTube chat? Why not IVVVOO? You can go those two. They're all pretty much the same thing. They all move together. Or so. v, or just do VTI. Do everything. We can do That too. I mean, and I've been a big fan. I've bought a lot of emerging markets in the last year because I feel like emerging markets is eventually going to have a catch up trade, especially if we do get a China deal. So the ETFs I've been adding the most is the it's equivalent in Canada, but it's basically holding EEM. And that's what I've been adding the most in the last year from my ETF perspective. And I'm buying these ETFs. Those are in my retirement account and I'm buying them long-term because I think when I look at EEM, I'm 43 years old right now. I'm thinking, okay, with, realistically here you know i'm not going to maybe day trade forever you know obviously you know it's you know maybe i'd love to trade day trade forever and continue to do but realistically you want to retire at some point in time let's say you want to retire at 60 so i got 17 years here i think the market is going to be higher in 17 years and that's why at a certain point in time when your cash gets too high i don't have a stock i want to pick on i just buy some indexes and i've been typically buying the emerging markets i bought iwm a while ago by this time, it was just like I want to buy some SPY, and I hadn't bought SPY in a long time, so I went with some more SPY. I averaged up because my last buy purchase, like I said, was 101. So now I've averaged up significantly. I just bought at 297. Did so. you buy a
2: half a position? Because if you are, I'm like going all out short the market here.
3: <laughs> no, it, it's a, I added more. Like I like about one percent of my portfolio. I added about one percent more with SPY of my overall market portfolio. I, I hold. I currently hold probably it's hard to say because I have a lot of preferred stocks and those don't trade. So I have a lot of different vehicles, but of overall like market exposure. I probably have about 40% that is in direct stocks, you know, like the apples and the spy and EM and, you know, and obviously there's a bunch of other stocks, biotechs I have in there, which we've talked about for a long time, MasterCard, Merck, you know, I have different stocks in there, but um, you know, and obviously I've got some real estate and then I've got a lot of preferred stock which is just, you know, paying me six, seven percent. I feel like they're safer. And, you know, maybe I'm silly for having that, but I've always liked preferred stocks. They pay and they typically don't, you know, unless you go into a credit crisis where we did in the financial crisis back in 2008, 2009, they typically don't go down that much. They hold up well. They trade like bonds. They hold up fairly well. Why am I going to go put my money in a two percent bond when I can put my money in a preferred stock at six percent, or even seven percent in some cases, and some on some fairly safe securities, you know, I've talked about the Dillards one forever. You know, DDT. I don't own it now, but I mean, this thing has just you know been paying seven and a half percent to everybody forever, and I had it for about a decade. I have sold it now just because I'm not in love with the whole retail story anymore. But I mean, that one, you know, obviously- it took a hit the other day. Did you see it, Dennis? That's there- dividend. Oh, gotcha! I gotcha. Yeah, so it drops fifty cents. So let's talk job. crime. I mean, all there it are... does is drop for the ex dividend. Let's talk crime. Let's talk crime. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Who we Definitely getting bored there's with this. There... Uh, no,
1: no explanation that I've that I've seen uh, yet, other than just one. Health. Well, it's got to be something
3: big. It's up. To, it's up twenty four percent.
1: Either is one hell of a short squeeze last night, or um, was this last night. I didn't trade last. Yeah, night. Yeah, someone you, came in there. I'm, I'm telling you, I was spending the better part of, of this morning looking for and looking for a Kron headline, and I have not seen one. Other than yesterday, they had their they, the IPO in Australia yesterday morning, but that is not the reason for the spike after the close yesterday. So, I don't know what the reason why Kron moved the way it did. Someone came in with the piece, man. It moved,
3: at- it moved this after hours last night. So I was just reading, you know, over at MarketWatch, they had something that moved last night because I was not trading last night. I'm just trying to figure out why.
1: Uh,
3: um, I'm, I'm telling, telling you,
1: there, there is no why. Either. Does Please. somebody have a
3: reason for it? So, so,
1: uh, someone on the news desk here reached out to Alan Brockstein. He said he doesn't know either. There, There isn't. I don't know what if there is. Going I don't know if there Are is. I think it
2: could be at the Benzinga Cannabis Conference.
1: Uh, I don't know. Let's find out real fast. I'll I mean, it. we're
3: seeing all the pot stocks trade up now. So CGC is trading up 4% here, ACB. And I tell you, Afria, you know, had an awful day yesterday after Good Earnings Report. It's bouncing back here too, though, because it gave back half of its gains. Um, you know, a lot of the pot stocks actually had rough days during the day yesterday, but Kronos actually closed near the, the high end. I don't know what's going on here either. So I don't see an immediate headline either, but I see huge buyers. Like, look at this in the pre-market. I know. Forty four. there's 500,000 shares to buy. Look, look at the look at the bids here. What is going on? Is this like just being like, 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 look, there's a half, a million, share there's half a million shares bid 1044 in the pre market. There's no. another 230,000 shares being bid at 1035. There's another 500,000 shares being bid at 1013. It's almost like somebody is just posting huge bids up there and driving the price up. I have no idea. Those are huge bids. I mean, you never see bids upping in the pre market. Huge bids. So, somebody, and this thing's trade 2.5 million. Somebody's accumulating stock. You're like
2: 24. I mean, well, of course, this is all speculation and and now
3: now the bits, you know, that bits disappearing. Yeah, they're hit. No, they're getting hit hard. Somebody just hit like a whole pile of stock. These are real bids. So, it's not even like this is like, like, you know, we would say, well, they're layering, but. Those bids just got hit. I mean they got,
2: I saw the volume go from one point six million to 2.5. Million. They,
3: they, they got hit. They just got hit on all that size. Somebody just smacked all that size. And they're still been in for another five hundred thousand. So somebody is buying stock. We don't know why, but man, somebody is buying stock big time here. Like typically if you think it's like an illegal activity and they're trying to manipulate it higher, they're trying to push the price and not get hit on the big bids. So these bids are solid, it looks like. Like you're getting hit. So somebody wants to buy the stock. 1013 is another 500000 Are they going to get hit here too? Maybe. I have no idea what is going on here. This is very interesting. 10, um, uh, 24% short interest. They're uh, squeezing them this morning, man. They are I got uh, this they're squeezing on.
2: Remember when uh, that buyer, what was it? Um, was it a railroad or something? This was like two year, year or two years ago. Someone came in and was buying the daylights out of a railroad was it a railroad the guy ended up dying the the president of the company Dennis you stepped in front of him CSX was it CS remember really that remember.
3: Dennis I don't remember I probably got I probably got the beats you did you did <laughs> I should remember I usually remember when I get the beats
2: yeah, and then someone just came in, and you were just like – it was like – you hit them at 42, and it was like 44 bid or something afterwards. I can't remember what it was, but who knows? I mean, the new – I mean, 2.7 million
3: shares. They're, they're buying the stock. And last night, too, don't forget. This isn't pre-market volume. You're saying 2.7 million. I had volume last night as it's well. Is a buy-in? You think well, someone can – well, they could be
2: short if there's a 24% short. No, but it's
3: an easy borrow, I think. I is I think
2: the Borrow's not tough. All either. right, let's do the technicals. Forget about it. We don't know who's buying, who's selling. We know there's size out there. We know it's trading. Let's look at the pre-market high. Well, they got way overdone last night. They took this up to eleven ninety nine to get stock done.
3: Holy cow. Up to twelve. Oh, this is crazy. That's a crazy move on no major headline. Crazy move. You don't see this happen. You know, not very often will you see a stock move like this. Not a stock, you know, that's as widely traded as Chronos move this much on. You know, no headline we'll, we'll find out. There's got to be something that's and I, everybody's asking. I mean, this isn't just us asking. Everybody seems to be asking, what is the news here? Somebody has decided they want to buy Chronos and they want it now, and they don't care, and they are paying up. No I idea what this is. I mean, the the only thing that I could, th- could
1: think of outside of you know they had this IPO in Australia, is uh cat it's it's legalization 2.0 in Canada, right? They they legalized uh, edibles, uh, beverages, and, and derivative products for cannabis. But
3: that uh, this is a known event. So nobody else is moving though on it. Like I, the other ones are moving slightly, probably because of Kronos. ACB is up five percent now probably because of Kronos I mean as pair traders are going to say well if they're buying Kronos they're going to start buying the other ones I do that I mean I would have done the same thing probably last night if I was trading I see Kronos take off I would probably start going and buying CGC and ACB APHA you know and MJ because of just you know MJ obviously has Kronos in there so more direct play but I mean just from the, the relationship perspective these things tend to move together if you're buying Kronos probably going to start buying the other ones too I don't know why the cat, like, what is the catalyst driving chrono? So that's the, they, just
2: to, for an alert, they are not buying my LQSIF.
3: <laughs> is it not going <laughs> up?
2: <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, we'll it's see. Incredible movement. Incredible movement. We'll find out the news afterwards here. I just I, want I, to go. I'm
1: starting to think that it is this legalization 2.0 thing, actually, that, that, uh, you know, uh, today's the, the first anniversary of the legalization in canada right from did last you year. find
2: out if they're coming to the conference did you no yeah. I, they're
3: not they're not um <laughs> when alan brockstein doesn't have an eye or doesn't give you a reason nobody right. knows <laughs> the sector from a fundamental basis better than alan brockstein who we have we have on the show on monday and if he doesn't know, I say nobody knows. because this
2: uh, Just ate that APHA, and we did talk about that 550 level, held up like a champ uh, the last couple of days. So you
3: want to get back. That was a good earnings report, and it gave back a majority of the game. Uh- Getting a lift here on Kronos, um, I still think all oh, this is a selling opportunity. Maybe something is happening here with Kronos that we don't know about. Maybe it's going to get a bid. Maybe it's just speculation. Maybe it's just somebody wants to own the stock and they got to own it right now. I don't know, but if I was long this thing, I'd probably be ringing the register. All right, uh, Opinion. Okay, 845. I got to go because I've got a funeral to go prep, prep for. So, you know, I know the background. People are saying you're trading from a hospital room. I'm actually up at my cottage. I don't have the banners with me. Just uh, going to a funeral here today. So um, just uh, trading from a, a bedroom here up at my cottage. But anyways, uh, just quick and balanced look here before I leave, GE every single morning, 352,000 to sell here in General Electric. It is showing a little bit of life. Taiwan Semiconductor, $70,000 to buy. Disney, $50,000 to buy. So we've got a few uh, interesting imbalances here this morning. We've got the market, obviously, always interesting overall. Johnson & Johnson trading up here again, although it has 35000 to sell. Big moves there yesterday. Like I said, I did sell my Cardinal Health into that rally there yesterday, um, and I traded in for SPY. <laughs> All right, Dennis. All right, Dennis. Uh, we'll uh,
2: catch up with you yeah. in a little bit.
3: Okay. All right, uh, let's move on to a couple
1: other earnings and some ratings, and we'll start with Alcoa here. Uh, Alcoa a- can't a- wait. A- Alcoa, uh, it was an EPS miss and a sales miss, miss but they announced a portfolio review. Uh, they're going to pursue non-core asset sales, expected to generate $500 million to a $1 billion uh, there. That's always a good headline, portfolio review. It means money in the bank. So Alcoa here, Joel. Yeah, uh, Alcoa got a big old pop.
2: I The initial surge Took it to 20, wow, 20.94 here, almost, is that correct? 20, yeah, 20.84, pre-market high. You faded off that, so that might be a tough level to hit going forward. Um, on the daily charts, you did uh, 19.9, looks like it's a little breakout over 20, so I play it close to the bell here, uh, holds 20, yep, uh, greener skies ahead, maybe Test that pre-market high. Actually, that pre-market high beautifully corresponds with your October first high, your monthly high, twenty eighty-seven. But big fade-off off off that level. Like to see it hold uh,
1: twenty. If not, you might get a look at the close at nineteen forty-six. What about Honeywell HON EPS beat two dollars eight cents versus two dollars one cents. Sales missed by hair nine point oh nine versus nine point one one billion dollars
2: pop big pop trading at 165.79 that's up two dollars and 16 cents right at the highs of the pre-market session uh i like it i like it above 65.35 that was your four day high where it's gonna stop if they really start jamming this thing where it stops between here and 170 i have absolutely no idea there was a Big move on the second, a big move down a get, Well, had a weak close on the first, gap down on the second. So if you're really holding out here, that 170 level looks like a target. Nothing in there, uh, at least as, as technical analysis
1: goes. We've got the railroad going in opposite directions here. CSX reported after the close yesterday and I believe they popped on it. They did, UNP is this morning, and they missed on both. So, we'll do CSX and UNP together here. All right, CSX, uh, if you're looking at your daily charts,
2: uh, 72.36 was a daily high. Where did you get to in the pre-market? Or was that the after hours? After hours, you went to 72.72 even. You faded a buck 30 off that level, so I look at that as resistance. If in fact you could sneak through 72. Uh, there's a couple highs. I'll just call it 72 and a half the next major level. The fact that you've given back a buck fifty buck buck four buck 40 off that high, not a good sign for a rally continuation. And then what was the other one? UNP. UNP. UNP going in opposite directions. Down 475 here, pre-market low one fifty six even right on the nose, maybe I'd wait for a gap fill here ooh one fifty five ninety five fills the gap here, so if you're looking for a little reset here uh one fifty six if you're looking for just a a swing trade, you know you really think this thing is coming back, which I don't uh buying one fifty six maybe stopping out well, the low moves one forty nine oh nine but uh Holding 156 here, uh, important. Wow, we're already back at 158.62. Uh, Might have seen the low on this one, folks, if you're trying to cover a short.
1: Uh, last one on my list here as far as earnings are concerned is Philip Morris from this P- morning. Yeah, uh, uh, PM. Beat on the EPS and missed on their sales. The uh, full-year EPS guidance, uh, $4.73 or around there. Got to get up to – oh, you
2: did it in the pre-market already. You went to – 8170 before this thing fell off a cliff. 8157 was your high, so that big area I just call it Maybe get done at 8150 on a big sweep up, but that's a big area. Uh, that's where it was before. They were talking with um, who are they talking with? Uh, Altria about the deal. Yeah, that fell, yeah, apart. That fell apart here, but. Trying to work through that big red bar,
1: keeping an eye on the pre-market high corresponds with a daily high. All right. Uh, Any other uh, stocks that are reporting that you'd like us to discuss, drop it in the chat. I want to do a couple ratings here, and I want to start with uh, Autolive ALV catching an upgrade this morning to neutral at Evercore. An upgrade to neutral? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with that? You're supposed to upgrade it in your portfolio to neutral. I don't know.
2: <laughs> that means I don't want to buy it. I don't want to sell it. So I'm not going to comment on it.
1: That's well, a that's it, it, by... Well, it, it means they're throwing it, throwing right.
2: the towel on, on their bear case. Okay. They... Well, I wish they would have done that at 63 and change. Uh, but here you are. This is this a Michigan company? Yep. Okay. Uh, 8137. Uh, well, no, that's not it. Uh, 8177 is your pre-market high. I mean, this kind of analyst moves, I just nothing. Wait for it to get up and test that pre-market high, and uh, maybe, maybe you got some more room on this. Dailies, don't – 83.43, if you're super bullish this thing, you want to look for a target, um, 83.43, that could
1: All be right. you. Uh, Bank America is reinstating coverage this morning on a number of uh, biotech names, healthcare names, are reinstating uh, Biogen at underperformed. That's the that's the only underperformed that they had this morning. So B I I B with underperform the buys are Eli Lilly, Bristol Meyer, Vertex, and BioMarin. So four buys and underperform and the rest are all neutrals. Pfizer, Gilead, Merkel, yeah. those, those are on neutral. A lot of a lot of times it's just uh, you
2: know, they fired an analyst and they're yeah. bringing a new one in. Right. So I'm not I'm not gonna really comment
1: okay. on those. All right. Uh, going back to my rings calendar here. Anything else that I saw Teva up at Gabelli Yeah yeah okay Teva up at upgrade to buy at Gabelli and Co we'll look at Teva here Jeez, uh, let's
2: see here trading up 21 cents ugly ugly sell off here uh not not sure how influential Gabelli is in the sector I'm looking at 7.58 here 7.58 that was your high from yesterday we haven't even reached that yet and once it caught that area, it caught a cold 70 70. It went up to so still look at that as resistance here. Spinner one is TSM, uh, making a new all time high here. How do you like that? I used to trade this thing a lot when it was uh, when I was at Bright, it was uh, pretty liquid and it moved around good. Uh, trading up 99 cents at 51.12. It was higher, so I'll just give you the pre-market high if you're looking for a target, not too far away from that, 51.35, but no resistance in here. Uh, They had a report. It's up. I don't know.
1: Nothing looks great to me. I don't want to short it and not sure where to buy it. Uh, looking at the downgrades, nothing really interesting. A lot of downgrades to neutral here this morning. The only downgrades to underweight that I'm seeing are J.P. Morgan downgrading Comerica to underweight, mm-hmm. and Imperial Capital downgrading uh, XOG to underperform. But the rest of the downgrades here are are to neutral. Doesn't really interest us. I've much.
2: seen Comerica so downgrades get bought. I'm just, so I just that's just going into the old uh, memory bank there. Not sure it's going to happen today. Uh, they must have liked the earnings off this thing yesterday. They popped it up to sixty-eight bucks. Opened at sixty-eight. Sixty-eight was the high. So if you were shorting that pop, took absolutely no heat. Sixty-four, seventy-nine is your low from yesterday. If they could do a little bit better, maybe get it in the lower sixty-four handle. Sixty-four thirty-two uh, was your uh, was your three-day low, or excuse me, your two-day low. So I uh, keep an eye on that as potential support. Not, not shorting this downgrade here, uh, not after the big down move yesterday. They must have liked the report off the hop, but uh, it was faded. Pretty thin stock.
1: All right, someone asking about general dynamics here, GD. GD, boy, we haven't talked these stocks in no, a long haven't. time. No, we haven't. We used to talk about them a lot, I feel like.
2: Hmm. Well, kind of in the middle of nowhere. If you think um, – a bottom is in here from that October low and you're peeling back. What was that? 172. This is pretty easy. One, let's just call it 181, 9, 4 and a half. 176 and a half. If you think this thing's for real, this rally off the October low, maybe wait for it to come into 176 and a half. pick it up there. Uh, no daily lows to confirm on that, but uh, that's what I'm looking at. If you're looking to buy this on a pullback, if you're looking to sell it on a pop, uh, you got a little bit of a step down southern in here. After you hit 81, 81 15, they then targeted the 179 area two highs, 953, 986. But uh, um, that's it for uh, GD. What about
1: Tesla here? They got Tesla. Uh, they got approval from uh, China to begin manufacturing in China. Uh, Tesla is surprised everybody. You've
2: uh, filled that gap that you had from might have been from a earnings report, you filled that gap at 258.16. I think Tesla bulls, you should sit tight here. Maybe see 266.07. That was your July 24th high, so there's another target on the upside. It'd be hard to chase it up here to go long, uh, but boy, they bought that. What was that? Oh, off the delivery. If there's a stock that you can like fade the news more than anything, I think it has to be
1: Tesla here. Look at that. The, well, I, I, I said the morning of that it was like a good – the only reason it was considered quote-unquote bad was because Musk had that email leaked where he yeah. said 100,000, and they didn't hit that. But if you ignore like his ridiculous emails, it was, an, it was an okay delivery report.
2: They hit it though.
1: Yeah. They, they yeah. hit it off
2: it. They yeah, hit it but off then it. they
1: faded it, so, we'll, so you know. Yeah, looking,
2: uh, looking for uh, 26607.
1: All right, uh, let's see here. Going back, oh yeah, so I'm mentioning NIO. You haven't looked at that one since they canceled their conference call. Uh, what else on my list here? That's pretty much. Oh, you know what? Let, let's preview uh, ETFC here. They're reporting after the close today. ETrade. E- ETFC. Oh
2: man, trying to get into that gap area. Schwab had good numbers. Uh let's look at um forty forty six is a target on that one. And then you gap the fill uh from the news at forty two eighty nine. Just uh just remember the um, the news or that you know, this quarter is not gonna be reflective. Right. It's gonna be one or two quarters uh before you know, but still kind of undecided. I tried a little bit of a long in uh, a TDM air trade here. Mm-hmm. Just not really going anywhere. I thought we were going to have some follow through from that Schwab move, but uh, I'd be looking for TD Ameritrade to get back to uh, that gap area. You got a gap between thirty-eight twenty and forty-six thirty-nine, uh, but it's going to take these companies a, a little bit of a while uh, to figure this out.
1: All right, uh, that'll be it. I, I do want to remind you folks, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Cannabis Capital Conference is next week in Chicago. To learn more. Click on the link that I dropped in the chat. I'll drop it in there again or go to benzingacannabisconference.com. Uh, speakers include uh, Cresco Labs will be there, Acreage Holdings, TrueLeave. If you uh, are interested in investing in cannabis uh, on a fundamental basis, you want to hear directly from the companies, get some face time with their executives, with their CEOs, this is the conference for you. It is a cannabis investing conference. Uh, so again, cannabis, benzingacannabisconference.com. Uh, slash Chicago, or click on the links that I'm dropping into the chat. Also want to say it again, that today's show is sponsored by Weeble and their WeTrader competition, Join traders from around the world in a paper trading competition that resets every Monday, October 7th through November 9th, with weekly prizes of nearly $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards and a grand prize of either a brand new Tesla Model 3 or $40,000 towards your student loans. Plus, Weeble will donate a portion of the total returns to Stryner's Hospital for children. To learn more about that, go to the Weeble app uh, on your phone or uh, weeble.com uh, Joel, any final thoughts today? I guess the biggest headline will be whether or not we get a Brexit deal from Parliament or an approval. on
2: Yeah, uh, deal, no deal. Um, I like that the area of yesterday's high, we've came back into that area a few times at 97. uh 75 here. We pulled back. Uh, I 0675. After we take that out, that was a double close area from September. But your next daily high, if you're looking for a target on the upside, uh 3012 and a quarter. And if any of our listeners are in the Detroit area, you gotta come. You gotta come and take a drive downtown here. Maybe when it's dark out, because we gotta. I know Raz told me not to say anything. I hope he signed off here. And I did call you, Raz, to talk about this, but uh, we got a surprise for you here outside our building.
1: Everyone should come down and take a look. All right. uh, That's it. That's it, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. It's great to be back. We'll all be back with you on Friday. Hopefully,
2: this is the last time you hear this ad. With Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with Direct Deposit. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com/disclosures for details.